you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I promised you this morning that I was going to speak on a subject that the Lord had put in my spirit that I felt was for this hour, for this moment. Thank you for being here tonight. I can't promise you that your worst days are behind you, but I can promise you that your best days are ahead of you. And with Jesus, it will happen. So don't quit. Hang in there and keep fighting the good fight of faith. Proverbs chapter 29, I'm just going to read this as a springboard into what I'm preaching tonight. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare. The fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, shall be safe. By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach for a little while. And it may be a little while. I don't, I've been long-winded the last little while. So we'll just see what the Lord has. I'll try not to be long-winded tonight. I'm just, just trying to get somebody to smile. I've asked you to smile. You haven't smiled all night. I'm trying to get a smile out of some of you tonight. I don't know. I, I asked Brother Cannot a few minutes ago if he knew if somebody had died that they didn't tell me about. Nobody was smiling. I looked up on the platform. Nobody smiling. Nobody smiled all night. You need to just smile at me tonight and make me feel all right about myself. Some of you still won't smile. I'm telling you, if you're angry at me about something tonight, let's talk after service. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody this morning. Amen. The snare of fear. The snare of fear. Lord, help me to preach what you put in my spirit. I pray over this congregation tonight, over our people that are here tonight, over that one that came looking for an answer. I pray, God, that you give them the answer that they're looking for. Let your words speak powerfully in their spirit tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The snare of fear. David, with a heart bursting, full of desire to spread the good news of God's blessings and the provisions 
of his presence, writes a song of unmatched trust in a sovereign God. In Psalm 27, he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Jesus talks about it. One in every five things he says was urging his followers to refuse fear and not be afraid, to have courage, to take heart, to be of good good cheer, he says over and over again. It was Jesus Christ's most common command, fear not. He even says upon his arrival, it is I, be not afraid. This is serious business with Jesus because the one statement that he made more than any other was be not afraid. He didn't say try not to be afraid. He gave a clear commandment. Be not afraid. This is not optional. There must be a decision that you make to declare I refuse fear. So to say that his word is in me and yet for me to be afraid For me to be fearful and unbelieving is contradiction in the highest order. Fear is not of God. I'm going to say it again. Fear is not of God. Most of the issues, most of the problems, most of the conflicts that we deal with in life are connected to fear. Fear is a spirit. And that spirit was not born of God. I have not given you the spirit of fear, the scripture declares. If you're afraid of something, it's not of God because God hates fear. God doesn't hate you when you're afraid, but God hates the spirit of fear. Fear affects the kingdom of God because it causes us to cause to cease trusting in God for his daily bread. And it causes men to look for fleshly means to make it in life. That's why fear causes us to stop giving financially because we're afraid that we're not going to have enough money to make it. We're afraid the economy is going to to crash. We stop giving spiritually when we're afraid. We're afraid we're not going to have enough to give to our family. We stop giving emotionally when we're afraid. Fear stops us from giving, sacrificing, and committing ourselves to God. It's fear. Fear drives us. Fear motivates us often more than faith. But fear is not the true opposite of faith. I'm going to get there tonight to declare to you what the true opposite of fear is. It is partial faith but not complete faith. There is another step. There is a dimension beyond faith that I want to get to tonight. And that is the dimension that God is calling this church to live in. But I come tonight against the spirit of fear. If the church becomes afraid, we will never fulfill our purpose. 
We will live constantly in fear. Fear of finances. Fear that somebody's going to enter the church and corrupt us. Fear that somebody's going to say something about us. Fear we're going to lose a position. Fear there's going to get to be too many people for us to be important. Fear, fear, fear. Fear we won't get the position. Fear, fear, fear. Unmistakably, we're taught in the Bible again and again and again in both Testaments that the just shall live by faith. Look at your neighbor and tell them the just lives by faith. Fear undermines faith. Fear sabotages faith. Fear smothers faith. Fear destroys faith. When he came walking on the water and the disciples were afraid, the first word to come out of his mouth is, it is I, be not afraid. In a situation that most of us, they thought he was a ghost coming to them. Perhaps the death angel that was going to come. Perhaps most of us would have been just the same way. We would have been filled with fear. But Jesus speaks in the first thing before he ever gets to them, before he ever gets in the boat with them, before he ever calms their storm, is he says, you have to deal with the issue of fear. When you deal with the issue of fear, I'll get in the boat with you. When you deal with the issue of fear, I will speak to your storm. When you deal with fear, I will then deal with the problem that you are afraid of. But you have to first deal with fear. He wants us to know that he's not in the fear business and he doesn't want his children living in fear. God wants his children living in perfect peace. I like to call it what the scripture calls it, walking by faith. Fear comes from Satan. It doesn't come from God. It is the enemy that brings fear into your life. Why are we afraid? Why are we so afraid of a spirit that will run at the mere suggestion of resistance? If we could understand the power that we have, do you know what fear is afraid of? Fear is afraid of the name of Jesus. Fear is afraid of faith. And fear certainly is afraid of trust because that is a dimension that fear cannot operate in. When we move into that dimension, all of a sudden fear is gone. I don't want to get ahead of myself tonight, but can I tell you that when you get love right, perfect love casteth out. Perfect love casteth out all. When there's fear problems, there's love problems. Here's John's thoughts about the subject of fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. God doesn't want us to be fearful. He hates fear. As a matter of fact, He won't allow us into heaven filled with fear because no fear is going to enter there because fear and unbelief in your life will destroy your walk in relationship with God. Fear leads to unbelief which leads to mistrust and then all of a sudden when we move into the arena of mistrust and never trusting and not trusting your brother, not trusting your spouse, not trusting your pastor, not trusting the church, not trusting your leaders, not trusting God, 
I want you to understand something tonight that God is bigger, God is greater, God is more powerful than anything in this earth that could ever come against you. God is not afraid of the things that you and I are afraid of. You can eradicate fear when you replace it with faith and trust. You can send fear to flight when you begin to say in the name of Jesus, I speak the name of Jesus. My fear is going to be gone. I didn't I didn't understand the principle. I didn't know what my I didn't know what my dad was trying to teach me as a child. I was afraid of the dark. We lived we lived with a train track behind us. I heard stories of people riding the train and the kind of people that would be riding the train that might get off behind our house. You stay away from the train track. Stay away from the bushes, particularly in the evening time and at night time. Don't go out, but sure in the world in a pastor's home that I was raised up in, we would eat dinner sometimes a little later than normal it would be 9, 10 11 o'clock at night and then mom would look at me and she would say here son take the scraps out that's what you do when you live in the country you take the, the scraps out and then we, we fed them to the dogs out in the back and I had to go out near the train track and I was young and it was dark and there was no lights and I was afraid And so my dad would tell me, son, I'm afraid of the dark too. Here's what you do. He said, when I walk out there, I go out in the name of Jesus. So I just walk out saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory in the name. He said, just go out singing that song, in the name of Jesus. So I went out, so he would go with me, and he was teaching me because he didn't want to take the scraps out. He wanted me to take the scraps out. And so he was teaching me. It was a little trick. He was playing on me. And so he taught me to overcome fear by speaking faith and speaking the name of Jesus and so I learned at a young age that I could take scraps out singing in the name of Jesus and I'd take them out and feed the dog and I'd go back in the name of Jesus But see, he was, he was putting something in me to learn that fear can be sent away. Fear can be driven out when we begin to speak faith. When we begin... Fear flees at the mention of faith. Fear flees at the mention of the name because the name is speaking some faith that can calm fear. Our fear is in opposition of God. Our fear is emphatically denying his claim to heaven all power in heaven and earth. We feel because it is out of of our control, it must be out of his control. Oh, ain't nobody going to help the preacher tonight. We think just because we can't that he can't. We think just because it's beyond our capability, it's going to be beyond his capability. I speak into that tonight and declare to you the thing that you can't, he still can. Your impossibilities is just an open door for God's possibility. Just because you can't, just because the doctor can't, doesn't mean it's a final word. God has the final word and it will never be built in fear. For those of us who have his name, who have his spirit in us, 
who have experienced his might when we're fearful and unbelieving and when we're without faith. It's not just difficult, but it is impossible to please God. As our awe of God grows, our fear of life diminishes. When we see God as He really is, our fear of everything around us begins to dissipate. No wonder the psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. I'm trying to get through to somebody in this place tonight that to be afraid is an, is an absence of faith in God and his ability and his desire to keep us and to help us. I come tonight to remind you, God is not against you. He's for you. God is not on the enemy's side. God is on your side. And if God be for us, who? Who? If God's on your side, who can be against you? And that, my friend, is the way. That is the way fear stops revival in the church. That's the way church growth ceases. Because we're the church, not the building. And if the church gets fearful and stops living by faith and starts living by sight and starts living by numbers and starts living by how many we baptized today. Praise God, we baptized two today. Oh, you don't know we did? We did. We baptized two today over in Carmel at Brother Kanata's church. We baptized because his win is our win because we're brothers and we're together. You know what? The devil would hate it if you started rejoicing at his revival just like it's happening here. Fear undermines faith. Fear sabotages faith. It smothers faith. It destroys faith. You have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit beareth witness in our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If our lives are characterized by fear, then we know that this did not come, that, that fear did not come from God. And we all know as well that apparently our adversary, the devil, as we have pointed out, Satan himself, has managed to influence us. We see that he has an open door and has gained access into our life because we stopped trusting God and started trusting men and started trusting the economy and started trusting bank accounts and employers and investments and doctors 
I was, in the, I was with seven different people this week in the, in the hospital and I tried my best to say to every one of those that I visited this week, God is the healer. Oh, pastor, you're in the hospital. I'm in the hospital room saying God is the healer. I'm not trusting in the doctor. I'm not trusting in medicine. I'm trusting in God. He's the healer. He's the provider. He's my financer. When you and I have fear, it's because we do not accept the ever-subtle truth of the Word of God. This is just how God said He wants us to live. Not fearful. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I don't care who you are. The stout arm of the workman is going to grow weary. Wrinkles are ultimately going to spoil the finest and most beautiful faces. The graceful form of youth is going to bend into a tottering shell of its youthful way until finally it will end us in the grave if God tarries. The actor is ultimately going to have to leave the stage. And a man of youthful genius, if living long enough, will eventually become as a madman. But God said, I am God and I change not. We complain about aging, but God's not a day older. We complain about the way it used to be and the way it is now, but God looks and says, I haven't changed. If anything changed, it was you. Remember how you used to worship when you first got brought out of the miry clay? Remember how you worshiped when you came up out of water baptism calling on the name of Jesus and your sins were remitted and washed away? Hey, there's some in this building that came into this place and came to this altar addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, addicted... There's some nicotine addicts that were delivered at these altars, baptized... I don't know what it takes tonight to get somebody to get up on their feet and start thanking God for where he brought you from. He hasn't changed. The same God that reached down in a miry clay and brought you out is the same God that's going to keep you through your trial, through your test. God's promises are not subject to the clock and the calendar. They're true from the beginning to the end. That's why he is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, which is, which was, and which is to come. That's why the psalmist said, 
I will fear no evil. For that kind of God, the Alpha, the Jehovah of the Old Testament that became Jesus of the New Testament that shed his blood for you, that God will be with us. But the writer went on and he didn't just say he was going to be with us, but he goes on to say that he's going to be in us. If anybody's wondering tonight what the Holy Ghost is for, I came to tell somebody, Christ in me is my hope of glory. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. I don't fear the grave. Because the same Jesus that raised Christ from the dead, if he dwell in you, is going to quicken your mortal bodies. And we're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. When the trumpet shall sound, the dead is going to raise and this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality. Then she'll be brought to the saying death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? He's with you. He hasn't left you. And then God stuck the dagger deep into the heart of the unfounded fears of man when he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You don't have anything to be afraid of because the Lord's saying don't be fearful when your enemies come around you because I'll feed you if I have to send a raven like I did to John on the Isle of Patmos. I'll send a raven and I'll feed you when you don't know where food's coming from. But I'll make a way for you out of no way. You don't have to live in fear, child of God. There's some benefits on this highway of holiness when you separate yourself under the Lord he said I'm going to take care of you I'm going to provide for you I'm going to make a way for you whom shall I fear Job says Isaiah wrote it like this the exciting, you can be seated. Those exciting promises of time when he said, the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf would be unstopped and the lame man would leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb would sing. Then he spoke of some of the other issues too and listen to what he said. Strengthen the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. Same chapter. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, 
be strong and fear not. I dare you to look at about three people around you and tell them, fear not. I mean it. You stop it. You stop the fearing. Fear not. Come on, tell somebody. I mean it. I'm telling you. Not just because the pastor said it, but because the word of God said it. Stop the fear mess. Stop being fearful of life. Stop being fearful of your future. Stop being fearful of your call. Stop being fearful of the work that God's wanting you to do. Stop it. Stop being fearful. God is declaring tonight, I will not deal with fear. Until when you deal with fear, then I'm going to come on the scene and make a way for you. And then he tells us the reason why that he could promise us that protection from the ills and evils of the world around us. The very next line tells us, for an highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it. No lion shall, shall be there. <laughs> and that lion he's talking about is, is completely metaphorical. <laughs> and it's completely typology of the devil himself. He said, no lion's going to be there. Nor any ravenous beast shall go there upon. It shall be not found there, but the redeemed of the Lord shall walk therein. He said, I'm going to tell you where you can walk though when you become afraid you you need to get closer to God you need to get closer to the highway called holiness because he declares he declares when you get on the highway called holiness there is some protection there he said the devil's not going to be there the lion's not going to be there the ravenous wolves is not going to be there when you get on the highway of holiness when you begin to separate yourself unto the Lord the scripture declares there the enemy's not going to be there. You can. He said, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to walk through life unafraid. I'm going to tell you why. He said, because there is a path that the lion can't get up onto and there is a path that the ravenous, ravenous beast cannot climb up to. There is a place of safety for the redeemed of the Lord. Job said it this way, there is a path that the vulture's eyes have not seen. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and in Him will I trust. That's why the writer said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I won't be much longer. He'll deliver you from the noise. <laughs> Can I say it again? He'll deliver you from the noise and pestilence. He'll deliver you from the noise of life, from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for terror by night, nor arrow that flieth by day, nor pestilence that walk there in the darkness, nor the destruction that raceth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at 
thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thee because thou hast made the Lord, which is the most high, my habitation and my refuge, and no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh unto his dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in thy ways and shall bear thee up in their arms lest at any time you shall dash your foot against a stone thou shalt tread upon the lion and the otter and the dragon thou shalt trample them under feet somebody ought to get up on your feet tonight and shout for the promises of God that says there is a way that you can take then there is protection in that way And before I close, I want to take you to one step further beyond the realm of faith. We must put faith into action. Fear fights against faith. But when faith, see first you have to get in the realm of faith. Then when you get in the realm of faith, you now are fighting back at fear through faith. Then there is the next dimension, and this is the dimension the Lord is pushing me to preach to you about tonight. It is the dimension called trust. In fact, that's where we must go. We must step beyond faith into the realm of trust. Faith says it's possible. Trust says, then let's go. Faith said God can. Trust says start living like God already has because we know he's going to. Trust is the level of faith that says when I can't find my way and I've done everything I know to do to stand, just keep on standing. Trust says when it would be easier to panic, I walk in calm assurance because I know that my God is with me. When I'm in the middle of turmoil and stress on earth and the pain of emotional and spiritual loss tries to take me to the place where I can can no longer hear his voice and all I hear is fear telling me that I'm not going to make it. I have a dimension of faith that Satan cannot enter into. I start fighting back by faith. Satan begins to stand back. But when I take a step out of faith into trust, Satan has to flee. Let me tell you how you resist. Resist steadfast in the faith. Trust is your dimension beyond faith. Trust is the dimension that Satan cannot enter. Trust looks Satan in the eye and says when we don't have anything to stand on but the word of God, it's enough. Trust says when I can't find my way, I'm just going to stand steadfast until he turns a light on for me to be able to see my way. 
Faith says I know God's able to take care of the situation in my body. But trust says I'm going to quit living in the spirit of infirmity. And I'm going to start living like God has already. I'm going to quit talking about it's no longer my problem. It's God's problem. I'm going to quit saying my back pain and start saying I gave that to God. It's no longer mine. It's his. I don't know what the journey is going to look like. But the word of God tells me how it's going to end. I choose to trust God no matter what the report looks like. When the doctor comes in and says, well, it's not good and I'm not sure what, I don't care what the doctor says. There maybe was a little more to that song we used to sing back in the 90s, whose report will you believe? How many of you remember that song? Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. You remember that song? There was a little more to that. There may have been a little more biblical base to that song than what we really ever realized. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Because when you start leaning to your own understanding, you move out of the realm of trust and out of the realm of faith and you will walk in fear because it's bigger than you are. Stand with me all over the room. The problem is bigger than you are, but it's not bigger than God is. I don't care how dark it is in your situation. Somebody needs to reach out to the Lord tonight and cling to faith. Why don't somebody right now in this room, why don't you just reach out to the Lord? I preached to some folks tonight that's been, that's been living in fear, but God is wanting to deliver you from fear tonight. You need to lift up your hands and begin to reach out right now and declare, I'm going to grab hold of this tonight. I'm going to grab hold of some faith, and I'm going to cling to it until I can take a step into trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Come on, that's where we got to get to tonight. That's where we got to get to tonight. Some of you have been, some of us have been struggling too long. We've been trusting in everything but the right thing. Some, the Bible said, trust in chariots and some in horses. But come on, CLC. But we, but we, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I'm not trusting in man's way. I'm not trusting in doctor's way. I'm not trusting in attorney's way. I'm not trusting in the, we will remember. The name of the Lord. Somebody reach out and grab hold of what the Lord has spoken to you right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, grab hold of what the Lord is trying to say to you tonight. These altars are open right now. Somebody ought to step out in faith right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to take a step of faith right now. Come on, don't just go through motions tonight and walk into the front for a three-minute close. Why don't you come tonight reaching and clinging to it and declare it. I'm, I'm moving to a new dimension. I'm moving to the dimension of trust. 
going to make it personal tonight. This is a decision you've got to make. That's it. Come on, young people. You have nothing to be afraid of. To go back to your school and declare, I'm a child of the King. You don't have nothing to fear for the Lord is with you. Come on, declare it in the name of the Lord tonight. In the name of Jesus. what I'm going to ask you to do. I know some are preparing to go to NAYC and I want to speak to you and I want to speak to others that are in this room tonight. If I'm speaking to you tonight, every time that you have a desire or you feel the tug of God to take a step forward, you feel like moving, responding to the call of God, maybe God is calling you to make a commitment. Maybe he's calling you to a deeper depth or a higher height or the next step that he's wanting you to take in him. But fear controls you. You can't come forward. You can't worship. You can't pray out loud. You're afraid somebody's looking at you. You're afraid somebody's going to hear you. You're afraid of what people are going to think of you. You're afraid of what family's going to say about you. Fear, driven by fear. If that's you, I just want you to take your hand. I, this isn't praying for somebody else right now. This is personal. I just want you to take your hand and I just want you to lay it on your own self. And I just want you to put it right on yourself and declare, it doesn't matter if I'm in front of 30,000 people at NAYC next week. 
and the Holy Ghost moves on me and calls me to pray. Maybe tears want to stream down my... I'm not going to be embarrassed and live in fear because of tears streaming down. I'm not going to live in fear if I feel like lifting my hands, clapping my hands, worshiping God. I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to let my victory... I'm not going to come to another Sunday service and allow my victory to be spoiled because of fear when God is calling me to... Go ahead. You ought to pray for yourself right now. I refuse to allow fear to control me and to drive me. I refuse. I rebuke fear. Come on, speak to that mountain right now. I refuse fear. I cast fear out. It will no longer control my thoughts. It will no longer control my actions. Fear goes in Jesus' name. Come on, declare it in the name of the Lord. Declare it in the name of the Lord. Somebody ought to go ahead and respond right now. You ought to do what God's telling you to do right now. Don't let fear keep you out. God's got a blessing for you. God's got victory for you to walk in. He's got hope and help.